0: Welcome to the Guts Church podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear and thanks so much for joining us. Today we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story@gutschurch.com. Romans 9. Romans Remember Romans is split up into four parts. The first part is Romans 1 through 3 and it's God's wrath. And we, we, I, I talked about it that God's wrath is not God with a mallet or God with a hammer or God, God firing lightning at us. That's not his wrath. It's not what God's wrath is, is he'll let you live a life that you want. You want to party and drink and do drugs? God will let you. You want to, you want to get in a car? You get drunk and get in a car and drive, God'll let you. And that translates to God's wrath. You wanna be you wanna be afraid of a virus? God'll let you. You wanna you wanna to succumb to illness? God'll allow it. God'll let you. That's his wrath. And that's chapters one through three. Chapters four through eight is God's grace, God's supernaturality, God's power. And it's much more fun to read than the first three chapters. Okay, then we go to God's plan. God's plan are chapters 9, 10, and 11. Romans chapter 9 is simply the past. Paul, What we're going to read tonight, Paul's going to just, just lay out the Jewish past to everybody there. Chapter 10 is the present. Chapter 11 is the future. See, so chapter 11 for most of us who are gentiles, chapter 11 is it fits our lives. Chapter 9 is not going to fit most of our lives. But what chapter 9 does is chapter 9 there's 6 or 8 Old Testament prophecies that Paul talks about the fulfillment of in Romans 9. So 9, 10, and 11 is God's plan. 12 through 16 is the will of God. And I'm telling you, the, the, the will of God, the, the, I, I boil it down simply as God, God's called you to win. You're gonna, you, you notice, some of you guys that are new here at the church, you're going to get in in 2023 you're going to get in a flow of God's blessing and a flow of God's promise that your life is just going to flourish. You're going to have to find things to be negative about. You're going to have to split hairs to be pessimistic about anything. And you'll say, yeah, but what about what's happening in the Ukraine? What about what's happening in Saudi Arabia? Right? What's I'm just telling you, whatever's happening in the kingdom is happening in our lives. That's That's it. If it's happening in heaven, it's happening in your house, in my house as it is in heaven. Okay, Romans 9, verse 1. I tell the truth in Christ, I am not lying. (laughs) 91% of people living in America today, by a poll, say that they lie regularly about things that don't even matter. So here's Paul saying, I'm not one of those 91%. I tell you the truth, I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. And then he's, he's about to read them, give him a history lesson. That I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption. Now listen, who pertain the adoption. Who per, listen, who pertain the glory. The glory there in the margin of your Bible or in your notes is God's presence. Okay, Man, we, the, the only people on the planet, he's talking to God's chosen people. The only people that are ever called that. And it's not a country he's calling that. It's a race of people. It's a a preferred race of people. It's it's God's people, the chosen people, who are Israelites. And then he said, the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the covenant that he gave Abraham the land. Man, the 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 covenant that he gave Moses the law, the law and, and Israel, the covenant that he made with David, the Messiah. the the giving of the law, the service of God. Man, that you get to serve God. See, what I I personally believe right now that if we all press pause and stood before God, I'm telling you the first thing you're going to do is you're going to come back to the church and begin to serve in an area. I'm telling you the service of God's house Opens up such blessing in our lives. And that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about the covenants, of giving the giving law, the service of God. That you're not serving those babies, you're not serving just serving those kids, you're serving God. You're serving God's house. You're you're serving, man, what you what you gave to, what you what you get so generous about. Yeah, you know what? That that God gives back to you good measure press out, shake the other, running over, because you don't judge, you don't condemn, you forgive and you give. You've turned over all these, these new leaves. But the bottom line is, is you're given to God's house. And you reap what you sow. You give to God's house, God gives to your house. And that's how this works. And then he said this, pertaining to promises. Of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all. And the 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 eternally blessed God. See, that epitomizes who Jesus is. He's the Christ, and he's the, he's the eternally blessed God. He's the, he's the God. Listen, that the relationship we have, him is our Messiah, him is our Savior. You know what that does? That puts us in a, in a perpetual blessing in our life. I'm telling you that flywheel of blessing is turning our lives. And here's the deal: you can't stop it, the devil can't stop it, the world can't stop it. I'm telling you, it blessing becomes your fate. But it's not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. Meaning they're not all God's people. They haven't all bought in, nor are they all children because they're the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac, your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Just because you were born a Jew doesn't mean that you're bought in. See, the buy-in is where, 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 where the, that's where the honey is in the buy-in. I'm bought in. And you know what? It's important that you make a confession of faith. Here's what the Bible says. You believe in your heart unto righteousness, and you confess with your mouth unto salvation. That's in the next chapter. Okay, and but the idea that is that isn't just for me to get life insurance to go to heaven. That's how we live our lives. You believe and you speak. what does what what your speaking do do? It brings salvation. That salvation is you're rescued. Don't raise your hands, but how many of you guys need rescued from illness? How many of you guys need rescued from strife in your home? How many of you guys need rescued from from illness? How many of you guys need rescued from poverty? How many of you guys need rescued from debt? How many of you guys, all of that stuff. Some of you guys that have student debt. God wants to rescue you from that debt. I'm not kidding you. No, the bottom line is the world's going to, Try to say, hey, looky, 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 like the government's going to pay it off or somebody's going to just, just forgive it. And you know what? God's already paid it for you. You just have to receive it by faith. How do you receive it? You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. Your mortgage. Man, I'm telling you, for, for eight or ten years, Sandy and I confessed, our house was paid off. Here we are in 2022, our house is paid off. See, you look at it, it's like, well, that's pretty coincidental. Can, can, can I tell you something that I'm repeating from something I said, already said tonight in another room? I don't believe there's any coincidences out there. Write that down. Nothing's coincidental. Nothing. But the children of promise are counted as the seed. See, you, If you're not bought in, you're like those Jews that were just Jews by birth. You're not children of the seed of Abraham. But when you buy in, you are. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. Ludicrous. And not only this, but when Rebecca also is conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to the election might might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, this is amazing, the older shall serve the younger. Remember Ishmael and Isaac? Was Ishmael, was 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 God didn't even count Ishmael as Abraham's son. He, he, he counted Isaac as Abraham's son. See, the firstborn's huge. But he, he brings it out. Paul brings it out in, in Romans 9 that both of these births were second births that became significant. That's who I am. I didn't come in as God's chosen people. I didn't come in with any blessing on my life of birthright. I was grafted in. I was a wild olive branch that got grafted in by adoption. And you know what's amazing? It happened in my life. Dick Shear wasn't, my, name, my last name was Dycus, D-Y-C-U-S. I'm William Paul the II. But then you know what? Dick Shear adopted me. Now I'm William Paul Shear the first. Taylor's William Shear the Second. Tripp is William Shear the Third. Do you see what's happened here? See, so it's real in our lives. This adoption, God gives you a new name. Dick Shear gave me his name because he, was a, he wasn't a—he was a Christian. He was a stand-up guy that wanted me to have his name when I went to school at five years old. Because there were other kids coming along. There wasn't a daughter yet, but there were two sons. And they were going to follow me at school, and he didn't want it to be weird for me, so he gave me his name. Do you understand? That's what God's done for me. That's the adoption that God's give, given us. As it's written, Jacob I have loved... But Esau I've hated. You know, it's, it's interesting. In preparing for this, a couple of weeks ago, I was reading a commentary. And, and the, the author of the commentary was asked, Oh my gosh, are you shocked that he said that he hated Esau? And the guy that wrote the commentary said, No, I'm shocked that he said that he loved Jacob. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. See, we have to put ourselves in a a position to receive his mercy. See, it's like people that say, well, we're all just sinners. Do you understand the Bible says God didn't hear the cry of the sinner? I don't want to be a sinner then. I'm out on that. And how could I be a sinner, a sinner meaning away from God, quite literally, or a son meaning connected with God, an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus? For the Scripture says, to the Pharaoh, for this very purpose I've raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore, he has mercy on whom he wills, and, he, and whom he wills, he, he hardens. Listen, God, the Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart after a dozen times that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. You, you you run into people that have hardened hearts. They've suffered offense. They they did get picked at recess. They they they, the silver spoon never was in their in their mouth. They choose that. And then listen, what God's going to do is God's going to back your play. Do, do you understand? Here's, here's here's what here's what what happens on that great and powerful day you're going to you're going to Sandy's going to go and stand before God and God and, and God's going to say well done my good and faithful servant enter in okay there's other people though that have chosen the opposite path that she's chosen and what's said to that person is depart from me listen You've sealed your fate. You see the difference there? See, God hardened Pharaoh's heart after he hardened his own heart a number of times. You will say to me then, see, God wanted to use Pharaoh. Well, was God in control of the situation? He ended up being in control. Was God in control of the children of Israel, taking 40 years to get through the wilderness? No, why did it take that long? Because all the doubters and unbelievers and skeptics and disobedient had to die off because they couldn't go in and possess the promised land. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For he, for who has resisted his will. But indeed, oh man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed to say to him who formed him, why have you made me like this? See, he's still referring to Pharaoh, but he's referring to me as well. He's referring to people that are practicing sin and taking an unrighteous path. Well, God, why did you make me? What, do you think I picked this path? Evidently, God made me this way. See, let me tell you, that didn't start in our generation or the previous generation. That's, the, the, the Jews all said that. Well, you made us this way. Does not the potter have power over the clay? For the same lump to make one vessel for honor And another for dishonor. Listen, you pick whether you're a vessel of honor or not. God had made you a vessel of dishonor. God has given you a powerful church with His presence and His anointing and people sitting all around it. Why? To help you be a vessel of honor to help you take the right path, the path that's gonna have resistance, the path that's gonna be narrow, that the path that is gonna be awkward and uncomfortable for you, the path that you're gonna suffer violence, the path that isn't going to be wide and well-traveled. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? And now we know what God's wrath is, and you factor it into that verse. And that he might make known the riches of his glory or his presence on the vessels of mercy, which is prepared beforehand for glory for his presence. Even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. As he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people. And her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, There they shall be called sons of the living God. I don't know if you're listening. I don't know if you're reading along. But this is some of the most amazing news I personally could ever hear. Everything about my life becomes of no consequence. And and this paves the way For me to be born again. For me to have a whole new birthright. Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel. Through the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. You know, I believe this is talking about the Jews. You know, there's 15 or 20 million Jews on the earth today. 144,000, I think that's 1% is the number that the word says the final act for the Jews. Golly, I, I I pray for Israel not because of their politics. I pray for Israel because of the covenant God's made with them. Because, you know, people say, well, you're going to back Israel, yeah, because God made covenant with them. Not because I believe, I agree with all their politics. I'm just telling you right now. We're not here taking things hook, line, and sinker. We're here, listen, lining up with God. For he'll finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, unless the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we would have become like Sodom and we would have been made like Gomorrah. Listen, the name Sabaoth here, it's a Hebrew word. It's it's, it's translated Lord of hosts, okay? But the explanation, the definition of Sabaoth is that which goes forth. It means the army. Because of the seed of God's army that people carry, listen, we are not fried up like Sodom and Gomorrah. See, it it matters that you're here. It matters for America that the church is strong. You 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 want America to be strong? The church has to be strong. The church has to be, what makes the church strong is men have to be the leaders God's called them to be. I'm just telling you, there is vision in you that God put in you and it's specific for your mission. And it it comes as a seed. It's, it's, It's similar to childbearing. The man passes, the the woman receives the seed from the man. That's how vision is. Man, I'll tell you, man, there's so many strong women. I'm married to one. She doesn't play. But let me tell you something. If we're relying on women to carry the seed, to impregnate the vision for our lives, we've got it all wrong. And we have to understand that. We have to understand what God wants to do in our lives. It it, it starts with men being, carrying the seed of vision. And I, 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 listen, that's not, I I, I believe there's no male or female in the kingdom. There are women leaders all throughout this church there's women preachers, there's women teachers. But let me tell you something. The nurturing effect that men feel like they need from church, yeah, that's, that's what the female brings. That's what the mama brings. Listen, the protection and the provision. I'm not looking for Sandy to bring that in our home. I better bring that in my home. And the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Men have to be the providers and the protectors. Be the men God called them to be. The, the, the name Yahweh Sabaoth declares God's reign over heaven, the heaven, heavens and the earth and over all the armies, earthly and spiritual. That's the seed that's in us. Romans 9.30 says, what shall we say then? That Gentiles who didn't pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. Now see, this is new for the Jews. The Jews were thinking the law. But he's coming and saying, no, this righteousness doesn't come because you obey the law. This righteousness comes by faith. But Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith. See, this is the key. This is what, this is how we 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 take the step from the flesh to the spirit. It's by faith. But as it were, by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. And that's where that's where the 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 prophecy that's the, the next prophecy that's delivered here and that's fulfilled. Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, not according to the law. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone who believes. See, this is our key. What he's done is he's taken the past of the, of the, the race of Israel, and he's saying, listen, because of, it, 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 it could be like Sodom and Gomorrah, but it's not now. Because God's put the seed of the Lord of hosts in you. And please understand how powerful that is. The world carries Sodom and Gomorrah. The spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah. The church doesn't. We carry the seed of the Lord of hosts. We carry, listen, the authority of the army of God. See, we understand this. We understand that this is laying out the plan of God that comes into effect for the, for the Jews presently and for us, for the Jews and Gentiles presently. And then verse 11 is the future. And man, I want to be about God's plan. And you know what? What we read tonight is how we got here. Now we find out where we're going as a people. Listen, as a, as a literally a race of people, we're a new, we're a new breed of people. And we're, we carry the, the genetics of heaven. We're bred by the Holy Spirit. We're led by the Holy Spirit. We hear God's voice and another voice we don't follow. Why? Because we carry the seed of the Lord of hosts. And let me tell you, that's how we're more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. That's how we win. That God caused us to triumph no matter what, in every single situation, in every battle we face. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you today that as we read your word, we hear your voice. God, I thank you that your word washes us. God, your word gives us beginnings and parts of our lives that makes everything brand new. God, I thank you that this place in our life You're going to do new things, God. You're going to show us. We're going to know it. God, I pray a supernatural confidence upon every man, upon every woman in this church. And God, I thank you that there's so much confidence that we can lay hands on our children, God, and they walk in that confidence. God, I thank you for it, and I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Guts Church, visit our website at gutchurch.com.